You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Thursday, and that means, what's up? It's Riled Up with Roy and Tom. I'm Roy White. And of course, got my co-host Tom Ryle here, the uh, the aptly named Tom Ryle and star of the uh, Riled Up podcast here on the Blogging the Boys Network. Uh, of course, you can subscribe on all your uh, able podcast networks. Of course, Apple, Spotify, iTunes. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and get all the great content from all of your Blogging the Boys contributors. And of course, that means uh, we really start with what we do on the web as well. And uh, that's, I think, where we can start today because, Tom, everybody is still reacting, uh, still kind of licking their wounds and trying to decipher what took place last Sunday, uh, what we will Mm -hmm. see next Sunday, and perhaps what their teams can take from the lessons that were given and played out on championship Sunday. So let's start with that because of course you wrote an excellent article on blogging the boys about that topic. And uh, if I dare say, Tom, what type of lessons do you think the Cowboys can learn from what we saw on Sunday? Well, um, there's basically three big ones, I think. And let's start with the biggest of all. They've got to pay Dak, they've got to quit messing around with this. They have to get him under under contract because we saw in in those two games, you know, three of the best quarterback. Well, let me say this: two of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Tom Brady is. Well, I'm not really sure who are the uh, two. He got an three? awful lot of help from another thing we'll talk about later. But I think if you were going to take the best quarterback in the NFC, it would be Aaron Rodgers. And the best quarterback in the AFC is Patrick Mahomes. But there was one play that may have had a lot to do with how the uh, the Green Bay loss to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers went. And that was the one down when they were in the red zone. It was third and eight. And Brady, I mean, uh, Rodgers – didn't see anything open right away, and he had a little bit of an opening, and then he pulled it up and tried to force the ball in. It didn't work. They went on to kick the field goal, and that left them five points behind, which was, of course, the final score. Dak Prescott would probably have scored on that play, and if not scored, he would have at least got him down so close that they probably would have had a good reason to think about punching it in. And Dak Prescott, to me, is – he may not be as good at some of the things that that Patrick Mahomes does, but he is 
so close in so many areas. You know, he has the mobility. He can use his legs. He's a great passer. He creates. He can scramble. He has a good grasp of the offense. And if they don't have Dak back, you know, take all this Matthew Stafford stuff and just, you know, go insert it into a part of your anatomy where it will never have sun rays falling on it. And just forget that stuff because you've, you've, got, you've got the number one free agent in the NFL right there. You can franchise tag him. You can sign him. I understand that they're kind of waiting around to see what's going to happen with the salary cap. You know, nobody knows for sure. But if they don't have something pretty much roughed in as to what they're going to do with him, it's like I've said before, it's, it's management malpractice. You just can't do that uh, when you've got a real franchise quarterback staring you in the face. And there's no reason to mess around with any of this other stuff. People say, well, do some weird swapping trading for Deshaun Watson. Why? What does Deshaun Watson do that Dak Prescott doesn't do? Uh, and by the way, you know, last year, when the the Texans actually got into the playoffs, he also has this guy named J.J. Watt. And, you know, it, there was just a lot of other things going on there. I mean, there. as a counter-argument to that, real quickly, Deshaun might be cheaper than Dak. I don't think so. I saw some people, uh, some analysis of it. It's going to cost you uh, probably uh, – it's going to cost you some kind of capital to spend. You know, you're going to have to give draft picks. You're going to have to do something In addition weird. to. Hmm. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I just, that just seems too far-fetched. Okay. And I we don't know what. I, I do agree with you. The Matt Stafford thing is laughable. Like, sure, it's fun that he used to live here. Like, why not send him out to L.A. then? Take over for Jared Goff and he can hang with his buddy Clayton Kershaw. Right? Yeah. We all know how good of friends they are. He'd probably be as comfortable. No, they're not really that good of friends, to be honest with you. But we all know we hear all the time that they grew up together. Yeah. The conversation I might consider having, if I was to have the conversation about what Dak Prescott might be able to get me, is maybe with the guy who was just eliminated this weekend. Aaron Rodgers, if there was an opportunity – that Dak Prescott could return you Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he's a 37-year-old versus giving up a guy in his prime. That mm -hmm. is why that deal might make some sense to both sides. Well, it might make I sense to Green Bay. Say again? It might make sense to Green Bay, but I don't see that it makes that much sense for the Cowboys because in two or three years, you're going to be looking – for a new franchise quarterback from scratch, I think. Um, you know, I, I don't know how long exactly Rodgers can play, but I don't know if he's quite got the, uh, you know, the, the Dorian Gray-style picture that uh, Tom Brady apparently has got hidden in his attic. Um, I just don't – I just – to me, it just like, why take – a guy in his late thirties for a guy in his late twenties. It, and 
we don't know what Dak's ceiling is. Everyone acts like he's somehow at his ceiling. Those those first few games before he was injured, he was just burning it up. And I think he is just still going to get better for two or three years. I, I just to, to me, this is just people are overthinking this stuff. And so I believe they have to pay Dak. And after they've done that, then they've got to upgrade the defense because Tom Brady did not win the NFC championship. Uh, the defense won the NFC championship while Tom Brady was perilously close to throwing it away. If they hadn't stopped uh, Green Bay basically three times, you know, they, they, they had after the uh, Brady threw the three interceptions, after two of them, they forced three and outs, got the ball back. Uh, those were on back-to-back-to-back drives, by the way. And it's just amazing that defense stood up like that. And then you know, they stopped. One thing out about that, though, like everybody's praising that defense, right? The Packers are one Devontae Adams drop touchdown away from potentially winning that game. Then that's a ball that guy, I expect him to catch 99 times out of 100. Yeah. Real quickly on the Dak to Aaron argument, and I understand everything that you're saying, and I agree with it. I would not trade Dak Prescott. But the Aaron Rodgers conversation is the only one that I think that is out there that actually does have merit because we have seen what Aaron Rodgers can do with a wide receiving core in a Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and Greg Jennings. And I dare say – that what the Cowboys have assembled here, not that Dak didn't show he could do plenty with it as well, what the Cowboys have assembled here would be the best arsenal Aaron Rodgers has ever seen in his career. Well, the one, the one aspect that there is a point, and that is Aaron Rodgers is one of the few quarterbacks that you have to go say, well, he's probably better than Dak as he played last season. You know, his play last season makes him one of the two or three quarterbacks that you can just, without any doubt, say, yeah, he's better than Dak. I just think Dak's going to catch up to that level pretty, you know, pretty quickly in two or three years. I think he's going to be playing at that level. I could be wrong. I'm no expert, but I just, I think, I think he's still growing. Um, I don't know if he's thrown a monkey wrench into things by signing on to endorse uh, Bud Light, which is the biggest competitor for the official beer of the Dallas Cowboys, Miller Light. So I think that's a smart gonna... move. He's sending a message with that, Tom. Yeah. We both know that he has not created very much leverage for himself at all, right? He has been as good a you know as good a soldier as he could be in these negotiations. For, mo- yeah, for the most part, he, right? The only one who's really spoken out from his camp has been his own brother. And yeah. certainly we don't assume he speaks for Dak. Well, he, he hasn't done anything to create leverage in like social media and all that. Uh, but the, the leverage of his position right now is tremendous. The, the Cowboys found out real badly they have to have a quarterback and that they're much better off with Dak than they are with even an experienced veteran like Andy Dalton, who had some 
some success in his career, he still wasn't able to step in and, and do very much. Um, the, they, they now know that the price is just going to go up. Uh, you know, they're looking at some other quarterbacks and they're looking at what's going on right now with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. And to me, it's like, look, guys, he is the class of his draft. And if you're not willing to pay the, the, the best quarterback to come out of a draft year, um, who you got for a song in the draft, then what are you going to do? I, I just, I think he has as much leverage as far as what he brings to the table and what it would cost for the Cowboys to bring someone in and what they call opportunity cost, what they might be giving up on. Because there's an excellent chance, you know, you mentioned the thing with Green Bay. Imagine he goes, they, they pull a deal like that, he goes to Green Bay, and Green Bay crashes into a Super Bowl championship. You could see that happening, couldn't you? I absolutely could. And that, you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, we already have, shall we say, some doubts about the Jones family's management of the team. Can you imagine how that would blow up? It would just be terrible. I mean, I get that, Tom. I really do. But at the same time, I'm looking at this upcoming weekend at a team who a season ago was 8-8 eight and eight and downtrodden and thought of as a rat's nest, right, in Tampa at one guy at one position – and a year later, they find themselves playing for a Super Bowl. So I'm not saying it happens to everybody. In fact, we haven't really seen it before. But yeah. I am saying that if you have the opportunity to get one of the best all time, and in my opinion, and as I think you and I discussed last week, from a generational standpoint, 30-year-old quarterbacks and over, Aaron Rodgers would be considered amongst that. But I, I do want to say I agree with your point about the leverage, and I think it's an interesting one, because Dak's Pre Dak Prescott's leverage could kind of be looked at from two separate angles. On the one hand, your point is excellently made. They obviously need a quarterback desperately. He's the best quarterback in his draft class who has yet to get paid. They got him for peanuts all of those mm -hmm. legitimate reasons to see him be paid. On the flip side of that, if I'm the Cowboys, I say, look at how many quarterbacks are potentially available. Now, I agree that if I'm Dak, I scoff at that and say, okay, take your chances. But that doesn't prevent the Cowboys organization from throwing that out there. And based on what may happen this season – they might actually have a leg to stand on because you could make the case not only for Tom and the Tampa, you know, the Tampa Brady Buccaneers, but also for a team like the Indianapolis Colts who seem to be making a plan going forward to be reliant on perhaps older, more veteran, but also cheaper options that allow them to address some of the other issues 
around their roster. All yeah. things, all things I think, again, should be considered with the Cowboys. I would still take my chances with Dak. I would, I still think their best Avenue is with Dak Prescott and moving forward with Dak Prescott. But again, the leverage conversation I suppose I'll ask, does he have more leverage this year than he did a season ago? Coming I think so. A broken leg coming off of, yes, the Cowboys struggling without him and coming into a season where the quarterback market may be extremely hot. Yeah. I think, I think there's another bit of leverage he has that, that I haven't really heard mentioned. And that's the fact that I think, Mike McCarthy will just have an absolute fit if they don't get a deal done with him. Because I think a big part of McCarthy's decision to come and be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys was legitimately to work with Dak Prescott, to know that he had that rising young star quarterback. And uh, had with to be. Uh, what, huh? It had, it had to be a part of his decision making yeah. process to come here, right? And, and yeah, and I think if they came and said, look, we're thinking about working this trade and moving on from Dak, I think we would probably be hearing the screaming all the way to where we live. Uh, I just don't think that they would be very – I just don't think McCarthy would lay over on that, would roll over on that at all. I think he would go down fighting on that one. Um, you know, they just have to figure out the dollars and, and accept the fact – that they may not be able to get the five years they want unless they're willing to pay a whole lot more than it would take to land him for four. And they just need to get over themselves. That's, that's my belief. Cause you know, I think, and I think McCarthy is really, he, I, he, I think for him, Prescott is exactly the kind of quarterback he wants because that was the third thing I took away from the uh, championship games was that there was some really cowardly decision-making you know, like Green Bay deciding to kick that field goal rather than go for it on fourth, uh, fourth and goal from the eighth. Um, there was a, a similar decision made by the Bills when they took a field goal when they were down a lot. And it was like, it was a real give up play. It was like, oh yeah, we aren't even going to try. You take the shot on fourth down and at least give your team a chance to think they've got a miracle that they could pull off. Um, McCarthy, I think, has shown he's not that guy. He's going to take the chance. You know, I think you give him the ball on the uh, on the eight yard line in a championship game like that, and that's four down territory for him all the way if he's down by a full score. And so, I, I just think that that's part of the whole picture is that Dak is part of the McCarthy plan, and McCarthy is going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that they don't screw this up. Well, if you had to put the odds on it, then give me a numerical number of whether or not they will be franchise tagged with Dak Prescott to start the 2021 season or whether or not they will have a long-term deal done. Cause I think I, that number's about 80, 20 that he will be franchise tagged again. I would flip it around. Uh, I would be more like 70. They're going to finally 
wake up and smell the coffee and get a long-term deal done at about 30% franchise tag. Um, and maybe I'm being too generous in my uh, estimation of how well Jerry and Stephen Jones can learn and, and figure out that they're doing things wrong. But I just, I just think they've got to see that this ain't cutting it. Well, if they don't, what kind of message does it send? The Jones boys always pay the men that they want, right? And overpay. Mm -hmm. So what kind of message would it send Dak Prescott if they didn't give him the type of deal he was hoping for? Yeah, I think if they franchise tag him and don't get a long-term deal done, that yeah, they're probably going to be seeing him go somewhere else in free agency, and they're not going to get anything other than a compensatory pick, period. End of story. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator awful doomsday scenario uh don't want to have to ponder it and hopefully we will never have to uh coming up on the other side of the break we are going to dive into the other factor when it comes to keeping Dak prescott here in dfw we'll tell you what it is next so we're back thursday podcast on the blog and the boys network riled up with my boy tom ryle and myself roy white bringing you a, a daily podcast here on the blog and the boys network. And we just got finished discussing Dak Prescott's leverage and how much of it he does have. But one aspect on the Cowboys side of things that they need to make sure they shore up that they need to make sure is addressed going forward so that they can protect their multi-million dollar investment in Dak Prescott. That is their offensive line, Tom. And when I look at this offensive line, I think like you, I have some very serious concerns about, about how much longer it will last. Yeah. Big, big, big concerns. Uh, three of your projected starters, arguably the, uh, the three best linemen you were going to have to start the season if they'd all been there, Either, well, they all missed significant time and all were on injured reserve at the end of the year. And the, the circumstances surrounding them can be a little bit, troubles, a little bit troubling. Uh, now, 
of the three, Zach Martin, Zach Martin played most of the season. He was in, he played ten games before he was injured, um, and he even showed that he may be, depending upon how they want to work things, he could be a solution if they needed another tackle because he slid out to right tackle and did not miss a beat and was looking extremely good there. He also had a calf injury, which just, I'm not a medical expert. It is a soft tissue injury, I think. Well, I think that was what it was, although you can never be too sure with injuries because the Cowboys tend to kind of try to hide behind smoke screens on stuff too much. But I think it's the kind of thing he should recover from. You know, he should be okay. So he doesn't worry me too much. But the two guys they plan to start at tackle, they have me extremely concerned. The the biggest concern to me is Lyle Collins because he came into camp overweight. He had groin problems, a hip problem, and was on injured reserve the whole year after just getting a nice big contract. I'm worried both from, okay, so he had a car wreck and all these other things happen. Maybe, you know, he just needs to get his head back in and get all straightened out. But that's a big if. We don't know the answer to that. And the nature of the injury bothers me because, as I said in the, in the article I wrote about it, those aren't like an ACL where it's just become an almost routine procedure that almost always has a good outcome. That's the kind of stuff you might not necessarily be able to fix surgically. And I don't know, you know, the groin thing just really is troubling to me. So I'm a little bit worried what might happen with him and might the team have to move on from him. It's uh, it would be very disappointing, but right now we don't know. And the bookend Tyron Smith, you know, he went down in game two and never came back. And with him, it's just he's been in the league for 10 years now. Over the past several years, I think the three years prior, he missed three games in each season. Now, if you played knew 13, he was going to be around. He played 13 for, games in four straight years before last season. when he Was missed. it four? Okay. Yeah. I didn't go back and look at that. But he, if you knew he was going to play 13 games, you might be able to just hope that the three he missed were not going to be a big problem. However, after going out and missing the, you know, all, virtually the entire season last time, then how can you be sure he's going to come back? And is there any, is there really a, a, a confidence that if he does get hurt, miss a few games that he is going to come roaring back? You know, I I don't want to put a whole lot of money on that. And I am very worried that at least one of the tackles may not be around. Because don't forget, Tyron's been in 10 years. He's made a pretty good chunk of change. You know, at the time, he got this really good contract, although it turned out to be more team-friendly than a lot of people might have thought. But he could retire and just decide, I'm not going to try this anymore. I just don't think I've got it in me to keep coming back. 
or the medical problems, the injuries, they, they, they just might have to, to part ways with him in that case. Well, and that's what that's I want to touch on really quickly. Tyron Smith, as a post-1 June cut, mm-hmm. would save the Cowboys $10 million in cap. And cap space is a big thing right now. Do, and do you think that is more likely than him retiring? Well, I think it could be done the same. It would be the same result. Um, I'm not. I'm not real smart about the uh, the retirement situation, but I think they can count him as a post one, post June one. Uh, retirement and it has the same impact, I believe. So I don't think the savings change in that aspect because the dead money is still dead money. Yeah. And interestingly enough, Lyle Collins is about eight and a half million. If they, if they were to move on from him and this is a year where cap space, that may be something to consider. If you've got a player that you no longer have confidence in, okay, well, let's save some money and move on. I don't, and I don't know that that's going to happen. I would like to see them line up with all three of them healthy to start the season and roll with that. I'm just a little bit worried. And, you know, this was all, of course, triggered by the fact that there was discussion about uh, Mel Kuyper's mock having them taking uh, a tackle at spot 10. Suddenly that doesn't seem as far-fetched if you back up a step and look at it. And what really got the wheels turning for me is, you know, Kuyper's been around a long time and he talks to a whole lot of people. Has he heard something that we don't know about? You know, yeah. and I don't know. that. I, and I have no reason to think he has. It's just I can't tell you he hasn't. So, uh, you know, or you know, hopefully this was just him getting a little clever with his mock draft. You know, yeah, because- he's got to do a lot of them suckers. I will say, like, he's probably going to have us drafting just about everybody. But, you know, it, I would hate it if the Cowboys wind up having to go that route. I would hate it because it would mean that we have another huge hole to fill that again, kind of wasn't being planned on, right? Yeah. When we, I don't know, when we really stepped back and took a look at this thing. So I would hate that. Not necessarily from a talent acquisition standpoint, just from what it would mean. Uh, And of course, we would all hate that because it would mean that they would once again have to take a back seat to addressing what we all agree really is the biggest issues on this football team that need to be addressed. And that's the defense. Yeah. Now I will say they, I think they're projected now to have 10 picks and got a couple of comps coming. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like three or four they're getting, Mm -hmm. um, so, and I think one of them is projected to be a third rounder. So if they come in with three day two picks, that may certainly ameliorate 
the the problem if you had to use that first round pick on getting yourself an offensive tackle. Then you could go in and still get you some good talent, you know. Um, you know, Trayvon Diggs was coming on late in the season. It looks like he's going to stick and possibly be a very good starter. Okay, maybe they could catch that catch that lightning in a bottle twice. Um, and that that to me is just what they need to to figure out. What is the real key thing? And I can see the argument that if you have if your holes, your big four holes are offensive tackle, defensive tackle, uh, corner, and safety, I can see the argument being made that you have to plug the offensive tackle hole first. I can understand that. You know, some people may want to disagree with that, but I kind of get that. You want to protect your quarterback, and that's just – Plus, that's also going to help with with the run game and everything else. So, uh, yeah, and I can I can understand that. I'm not saying that's necessarily the right way to go, because of course it all is going to depend on how the draft falls. The Cowboys should try to trade back and a whole lot of other variables, but it does make a certain amount of sense. And then, like I said, you could hit all the other three big positions on day two and still be sitting there with a bunch of picks in uh, on day three, when you can go in and get you some insurance, you know, some, you know, lesser known guys that may still be able to help, or maybe one of them will emerge and turn out to, to break, break out. It's just a whole lot of, whole lot of, we've got a whole lot of road before us before we know, but, I can see that they can still address the defense, even if they don't use that first-round pick to do it. They would have to go heavy, because I fully expect to see them maybe take seven defensive players and possibly even more in the draft. Uh, you know, you just got to figure out what's the real priority. And I want to say one thing. A lot of people get, you know, wrapped up in the, uh, the whole best player available, uh, which is – been around the Cowboys community for quite some time and because I think Jason Garrett really started talking about that years ago. And I, I think we got oversold on that whole idea because if you're not drafting the best player to fill your biggest holes, then what are you really doing? And people will counter, well, what about C.D. Lamb? Okay, you need three starting receivers and the Cowboys had two. So you were drafting to fill a starting job. So, yeah, that's just – that's my two bits worth. And I could see that offensive tackle would might be a good investment of a, of a high draft pick. That's just, well, just what I think. But we'll find out before too long now. Well, if they go that route, then that'll certainly be an indication of what they may be planning in the future – regarding Tyron's and Lyell's future, specifically yeah. if they go after a, a tackle. Well, I, think we, I think we'll have an idea of the answer for that. If, if Tyron was to retire or they were to decide they had to move on from one of them, think they'll I think hit us with a Jason happen. Witten? You think they'll hit us with a Jason Witten two days before the draft? 
was it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think Tyron <laughs> would do that. God, that was such a strange development. <laughs> Wasn't that a and, shit show? Case, uh, so, yeah, he retired two days before the draft, so he gets to come back for one day so he can retire as a cowboy, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I think I think Jason Witten is should be should wind up in the Hall of Fame. A great story, a great cowboy. That just was so bizarre. That was so weird, um, man. Yeah, but I, you know, I do think that uh, if something happens with them, we'll know well before the draft. You know, at least at least two or three weeks, we'll have an idea what's happening. Well. If you want to get into the draft, that is a perfect segue to set up my guys on Friday, talking the draft, the boys, Dalton Miller, and the other guys here at Blogging the Boys will get you set. So make sure you go ahead and subscribe to that podcast. Um, Tom, I think for us that pretty much concludes everything we got. I'm going to save a couple of our items for next week, and we will discuss those further, including you know, whether or not the Cowboys – should perhaps address that cornerback hole in the draft or in free agency. So we'll put that out there for you. Please reach out to us on social media if you want to, at RW3 for myself. Of course, at Tom Ryle, BTB Ryle with a Y. Uh, just make sure you get that spelling right, Tom, correct? Yes. Good, brother. I want to make sure I'm shouting you out correctly there. And uh, <laughs> That's again, correct. Second edition of Riled Up. How do you think it went? Well, this was third, man. Is that already three in the books, man? All right. We well, already got this is three in the can, man. Well, then I'm too short from what I think is going to be the show's new catchphrase. What's up? It's Riled Up every Thursday on BTB. So until next time, I'm Tom. Uh, I'm Tom. He's Tom. <laughs> I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.